Hey everyone, it's Greg with Nanobot Rock. This week on the Nanobot Rock mixtape, we discuss why people feel the need to pick sides. We ask you, genuinely, do not engage bullies. And we talk about metaphoric baselines. We deep dive snow by giant sky. When it's over from the trees, the trees, the great emu war casualties, I'm a yes man, and L. Michael's affairs phased out. This is Nanobot Rock Mixtape. So, Greg, we need to have a conversation about your positivity. I had a moment of, it was an attempt at levity, which turned into a moment of weakness, perhaps, and... Well, and I I get it. It's it's easy to punch up, but I I just, I don't agree. And I definitely don't agree, and I definitely do not want, I, I definitely do not agree with calling her a trash bag. One bit. And and I, I I retract that statement that I, I did that for the sake of a joke and I understand how it came across. And even in the, for the sake of laughter, uh, it may have got a chuckle briefly, but by no means that I intend to imply that anybody's music that they really like, because here I am on one hand saying, if it means something to you, it means something. And then I turn around and, and make an association with a musician as a trash bag. That's not my intent. And... I'm sure I didn't actually offend anybody, but if I did, or if I even diminished your belief in what means something to you, then I, I certainly sincerely apologize for that. I did not mean it that way. I did it for the sake of a joke. And if those who have listened to the mixtape know that that is not the common thread for me to, to make statements like that. Go get in your is, trash can, Greg. This is where you say apology accepted, Clay, but fine. You know what? I, just... I accept nothing from you. I will wallow in my my. Go get in your trash can. Shame. I will be Oscar the Grouch. But it it brings up a really good point. Bathe because... in your shame, trash can. <laughs> shame can. Go to your shame can. I don't know. Shame trash. Okay, didn't work. Didn't land. Like my trash can joke the first time. The the thing that really 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 drives me crazy is people who think it's cool to hate on stuff. Can you just stop just because it, it, we were talking about this before we we uh, we started recording, but the, I know everyone misses out on some amazing comic book talk that we do it was not record literally 40 minutes of talking about the Snyder Cut in the Marvel Universe. It, I don't think anybody would be really that interested in us talking about that. But if you love Iron Eagle, you'll love the first episode of Falcon and Winter Soldier. <laughs> I'm Doug Masters. But when the Snyder Cut was coming up, so I'm talking the week preceding the Snyder Cut being released, there were so many people. And can we, okay, before I get to that, why do we have to pick a side? Why do you have to be either Marvel or DC? Why do you have to be either Democrat or Republican? Why do you have to be either this sports team or that sports team while I'm wearing an Arsenal shirt? Extra points for anybody who's out there as an Arsenal fan. But why... Why do we have to do that? It doesn't... Why can't you like both? Why can't you like Billie Eilish and good music? I'm sorry. I said I wouldn't. That was for the sake of a joke. I'm sorry. That was that was bad. 
That was bad. We are one more Billie Eilish joke away from this mixtape getting put on ice. No more jokes. Okay. Why why can't you like Billie Eilish and... Independent music, Greg. Indep- well, yeah. I was trying to get more focused. I don't know. But why why can't you? Why do you why have to you pick Why can't you like sides? Billie Eilish and the best of band camp? How about that? There you go. But why, Clay? I pose that question to you. Why can't you like both? Why Why do we seem to exist in this realm of you have to pick sides? Well, uh, <laughs> are you are you ready for an hour of this? Let me <laughs> let me break out let me break out my notes over here. Um, the simple answer, Greg, is you don't you don't have to pick sides. I read DC Comics and I read Marvel Comics. I had a love of Image Comics back when that was a thing. Uh, what else was there? There was Dark Horse. There were all kinds of all kinds of great comics that you could get into. You didn't have to like one specific thing. From a from a broader sense, we are a tribalistic society that we like to get with our tribe and point fingers at the other tribe. Says the guy with no sociology degree, but that's okay. I, I really think that's what it is. Is it's it's all about it's all about picking sides and saying that the other group is wrong, and you know we are now. In a point in our society where, and to keep it on comics, be just for just for light, light and fun, or to bring down comics, whatever, uh, <laughs> to to the level of politics, is they're both comical. <laughs> <laughs> uh, th- there's a forum for you to wallow in your own opinion. Have bring you, it up. Have you watched the documentary, The Social Dilemma? I am one of the few who has actually not seen that yet. Okay. I guess to dive into a well-played-out trope, then, if you're the, one of the three people on the planet that haven't watched it yet. Um, yes, I, I get it. Every documentary has its its biases, and that, you know, it's it's trying to rep- approach things from a certain angle because it's that's the story or the, the argument that they're trying to tell. There's this point in the end where they are kind of... T- it's getting into the politics and all of that, where if if you feel a certain way politically and you go on social media ultimately social media's job is to keep you coming back for more and reading more and digesting more and scrolling more so what they're going to do is they're going to show you things that you want to see so if you think politicians and rich people in dc were running a sex trafficking ring out of a pizza parlor with out of a pizza parlor's basement where there was no basement then you are going to get more of that information. Or if you think that, um, you know, all Republicans are just money-hungry corporate monsters that want to take away everyone's basic rights, you're going to get more of that information as well. So there's this... At some point, I'll get to the funny. It probably just won't be in this section. (laughs) But there's just... There's more of this ability to like kind of go into the downward spiral of this of this information um something something echo, echo chamber so now to take it back to music or sports or movies or comic like comic book universes you know 
I like Batman and DC is the only comic book series that knows how to tell a story. And all of these Marvel stories are dumb and all the movies that they're doing are CGI fests and all of this, whatever. <laughs> so that you're going to find a million people online who agree with you. So why do you have to listen to somebody else's argument about why uh, House of M is an amazing storyline? You know what I mean? It is. It is. Well, so let's let's take this into the musical direction because they're, they're all... Oh, yeah, this is a music podcast. A, Thanks, Greg. Well, <laughs> at a fundamental level, they are all basically the same thing. Politics, comics, music, whatever it may be. The way that I perceive this and, and what it all boiled down to for me was effectively people just want to appear edgy by having an adverse opinion to something. And they do it with music all the time. You get these people out there who call themselves quote-unquote critics of music who want to get clicks and people to listen to them because they're going to say something bad about the music. For me, again, it was all in jest. I was simply trying to make a joke. But as, to use your phrase, they're punching up because they want attention. And, it, and if you whittle that down politically with comic books, with movies, with music, whatever it may be, when you really, really whittle that down, it all comes down to just a schoolyard sense of who was the negative, who was the critic in the schoolyard. The bully. And got the most attention. And got the it. most attention. It was the bully. So how do you stop bullies? Don't pay attention to them. So if they're online and they're trash talking people, I, I'm I correct me if I'm wrong. No, I you are absolutely right. The thing that I always get to with this is we we get some information about how somebody was absolutely horrible. Um, we were talking about Johnny Depp earlier, and you know, not implying he's horrible, but it, just for the context of understanding, we don't know all the story, so that's why I'm saying that allegedly, allegedly. But and then you get into things like. Harvey Weinstein and uh, not allegedly he was horrible. Yes, he was horrible. And, and, you know, more specifically to what we were talking about with the Snyder cut earlier, Joss Whedon and everything that's coming out about him. And we, we get into this situation where people are like, wow, it seems like this person is, is a bully. Let me stop trying to pay attention to them. And then people are screaming, cancel culture. You're trying to cancel things. I'm like, no, I'm just trying not to pay attention to this. Like you can't force me to pay attention to something by just screaming cancel culture. So, like I said, you, you ready to buckle in for an hour of this? Well, I guess whether you're a billionaire or you're just living paycheck to paycheck or even having paycheck loans and you're trying to make ends meet in life, we all have 24 hours in a day. Time is the only Ooh, standard. Heavy. Hear me out here because what you do with your 24 hours matters. And it's not cancel culture. Just because somebody doesn't like something doesn't make it cancel culture. Like you said, it's, if you don't want to expend your energy on that, then you don't need to expend your energy on that. Your 24 hours are yours. Choose to do with it what you like. I'm here asking you to do something good with it or at a bare minimum, do not engage these bullies. People are upset about social media. People are upset about so-called critics. Easiest way, don't read it. Keep scrolling. Don't click on it. Keep moving. Share cat videos again. Don't 
share bad opinions of someone who thinks that they need to align themselves based on the comic book they once read when they were in fifth grade and now they feel like they're some expert on Marvel or DC. Just Well, the other piece of that that I will add, because you are absolutely right, is um, when people are sharing these types of you know grandstanding and things like that, normally they are also not doing a very good job of backing it up with facts. And while you absolutely. may feel viscerally pulled in the direction of their opinion just double check that what you're sharing actually is factually accurate as well i know that's a lot to ask of some people sometimes because it's so much easier to just click just to say i like their opinion so let me just hit one button and now it's out like no just do your due diligence you mean getting all my political facts off of i live in my mom's basement.wordpress.org is not a legit news site no, at least use somebody who uses uh, CSS in their code. Wow, I've got I got a whole lot of thinking to do now. My whole life is now it's complex. I just don't get it. Yeah, but in all seriousness, always follow the Chicago Manual style of citation. <laughs> oh man, oh man, we're not getting into citation. In summation, in conclusion, we, class, we sit here and we tell the young generation, don't be bullied and then we engage them on social media as adults knock it off knock it off don't engage them well and uh there's somebody who's uh quote i'm probably like horribly going to paraphrase this but like anytime you try and fight with someone online it's basically like trying to wrestle a ghost like you're not gonna get anywhere you will not change their opinion you will not you cannot change someone's opinion in a Facebook post or in a tweet. So don't. Move on. Share mixtapes. Share good podcasts. Share music. Share cat videos. Share absurd memes, which is virtually my entire social media existence. It's just stupid memes. It's okay. Greg, you brought up a great word, which is move on. Yes. How about, we move, share on? How about we move on to music. some music? Yes, and we will do as... We are not hypocrites. We will share music. That's what we're going to do. That's what we're going to do right now. Clay, what do we got for this episode of the Nanobot Rot Mixtape, 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 Mixtape? Well, as we've done, Greg, for many, 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 many months now, we share four of our favorite tracks from this week. Is that right? Yeah, that's right. And kicking off this week, we go with the London alt-rock outfit Giant Sky and their swirling and swelling track Snow.
Snow is out now via Bloody Sunset Records and is top to bottom a 40 minute 40 minute wow that's and a is <laughs> I got the I got the Snyder cut version <laughs> and is top to bottom a 4 minute 40 second middle finger to this pandemic the world is experiencing Giant Sky which features John Hatch on bass and Toby McPhee on drums also includes it's not just those two it also includes uh James Amesbury on bass. Wait, okay. Uh, somebody's <laughs> somebody at the. Okay, I'm assuming somebody's on guitar here. All right, you got John Hatch on some set of strings. You got Toby McPhee on drums. You got James Amesbury on the other set of strings, and then you have Olivia Bond on vocals. This band was formed in 2019, and to thumb their nose at the lockdown, they sent demos back and forth to each other. It's kind of like what we mentioned in some of our previous mixtapes, where when either talking about the future of music and people sending things digitally as opposed to recording in a studio or um, in the case of Electro Blue Society that they were basically making an amazing collaboration from across the Atlantic. All of that aside, let's talk about Snow. As the band puts it, Snow is about the triumph of human connection over isolation. After the year we've all been through, human connections are ultimately what have got us through and we wanted to write something that reflected that. The outcome is a song large in sound and weight. Giant Sky lists Jimmy Eat World, Cranberries, Tegan and Sarah, and the Pixies as influences and parallels. And this track feels like a throwback, alt-rock, rocking banger, whatever you want to call it. It's a tight four-piece with that classic bass-picking sound, compact guitar riffs, with Olivia Bond's vocals wrapping you up, keeping you safe and warm. And I think that Bond's vocals are where I would like to start with my thoughts on this as well. Thanks for the uh, easy handoff there, Clay. The, <laughs> <laughs> the way Bond delivers these airy vocals over this grinding alt-rock underscore just shapes Snow into a Maisie Star-esque, albeit less bohemian, existence. Is this an Im- Imogen, Imogen thing again? Mazzy Ma- Star? I thought it was Mazzy Star. Damn it, Clay! <laughs> I've always said Maisie Star. I'm I'm here to keep you. Do whatever you want. Nobody knows who Mazzy Star is anymore. M A Z Z Y Star. <laughs> M Star, like M Night Shyamalan. You know that fade into you person. You're a middle aged guy. You can you can uh, pronounce whatever you want. Less bohemian existence. The energy and angst of snow builds over the course of that nearly five minutes holding on to that driving baseline and you had mentioned that it's it's a tight sound but that baseline that holds this all together to me just really really punctuates the grasp that snow takes on you i mean it just it just grabs you and you want to just experience the whole wave of this song I don't wanna go into eternity without
I feel like that that baseline is a bit of a metaphor for this whole track because, as as you put it, it kind of like the the song has a like ton of even though it's about snow, there's a ton of waves to the song, but that baseline is what anchors this whole thing to the ground. And I also feel like at the core of Snow's message is this whole idea of that anchor anchorship, anchoring, anchor, tethering down. In the midst of this whole lockdown, Olivia Bond's wife actually helped her get through a, a really rough patch. And it's kind of what the band is trying to have an homage to here and you and you hear it in the lyrics just about like i don't want to have to be in eternity without you i don't want to go into the void like i don't want to have to go into the void on my own but then also talks about like that we have our house out here as we kind of are starting to come out of covid and like we're not not to date ourselves here but like we've basically been dealing with this for over a year now and I feel very fortunate that I have, you know, a wife and kids that I got to be on lockdown for the last year with. But I think about all of the people out there that that were by themselves and just how much weight that has on that. Again, I don't have stock in Apple TV, but if you haven't watched the show Mythic Quest, there they actually after the pandemic started, they did a great episode about about the lockdown. And they have this scene that one of the characters is really, really struggling with the isolation that came with it. And to to the point where there's a moment where one of the characters rushes over to her apartment and like, is basically like put on like a makeshift hazmat suit just to be able to go give her a hug. And it's like this huge, heavy moment. And I just, I kind of feel like if you, if you really think about what we went through in the last year and listen to this track, you just feel that exact same weight. It is a very big moment, and Snow by Giant Sky is a very big track. As a standalone, it's it's impressive. It comes in big. It's it's sweeping. It just it's so easy to get lost in this. And like the namesake, Snow paints this giant sky of sound that if you don't know who they were before, you are going to know now. Go listen to Snow by Giant Sky. I don't wanna go to eternity without you. You know how cities find it necessary to give themselves names aside from like the name of the city, like Denver. We will name ourselves the Mile High City because we've got a little placard 
little disc thing on the Capitol steps that show exactly where 5,280 feet is. Because they took a long tape measure, they dug a really big hole to what was the water table or at sea level, and that's how they found the mile high, right? So the cities find a need to come up with fun names. Well, Boise, Idaho, my hometown, calls themselves the city of trees. We have trees here. You've been here. You've seen a tree or two. They cut you might have those, trees in they, Texas. They cut down those trees to make paper. They do. Well, not in Boise proper. But uh, unlike Texas, we have well, trees. Then that so we call ourselves is lying to me. Exactly. It's the, yeah. So where where am I, where does my X9001 paper actually come from, Greg? I'd probably like McCall or something like that. Maybe Caldwell. Not Boise, though. It's but Boise has... Well, that's what we do. We lie about trees. And that's why we named ourselves trees. But who doesn't lie about trees is the aptly named next track we're going to talk about or the band that made the next track the track we're talking about is when it's over and the band is called that was a really bad drum roll McCall. the trees oh no you ruined it here's the trees the trees when it's over Well, the next point I'm going to make about this track, When It's Over, by The Trees, The Trees. So good, you got to say it twice. The Trees, The, the Trees. It's like uh, Fantasy Island, but in Boise. The Trees, The Trees. Boise, Idaho-based folk rock. If you listen to more of their music, they're going to lean a little bit more into that rock, which makes them a very fun band to listen to. But it's a trio of Cameron Olson, who does vocal and guitar, Clinton Smith on percussion, also known as the drums for us lay people, and Casey Burkett on the bass. And this is a trio that's not one up front, two supporting. This is three equal parts that definitely share a collective presence. And if for those who weren't following along, Boise is also known as the City of Trees, hence the name of the band. When It's Over drips with a... I know I just said that they lean towards rock, but this particular track drips with a wood porch sensibility of folk. It deviates from that, those rock aspects of the trees, the trees that they tend to lean into from time to time, but it embodies a sense of hill stomp sound that is so near and dear to Boise and those that have experienced it. Now, a little quick rundown on what hill stomp is. Hill stomp is a, a style of folk sound that you find a lot with Boise artists, uh, Jonathan Warren and the Billy Goats. Um, there's, there's a ton of them. Uh, David Henry does it, although he's also part of the Billy Goats. 
there's a ton of sound here that culminates in what is referred to as hill stomp sound. You'll understand it as you listen to it and you really get a feel for that, that hill stompy folk type sound because it, if you're on a hill, it makes you want to stomp and keep beat with your feet. There you go. That's it in simple terms. Thanks for keeping it simple for me, Greg. It's what I do. I'm a very simple person. Honestly, I mean, this is one of those songs where I just kind of feel like you, you have to say, go listen to it. The reason that I say that is there's nothing that I can point to specifically in this song to say, this is what I feel like they're doing really well, or this is something that really stood out to me. Like in the however many years that you and I have been doing Treefort and listening to bands live. And you know, one of the things that always struck me about going to Boise was the, the trees. Pr- oh. Yes. The <laughs> land of a thousand trees. We have at least seven. Am I thinking of am I thinking of Minnesota again? Probably. Okay. Is the the sheer volume of bands that are doing kind of that Americana stomp sound. Like when you moved to Boise, did they like hand you a banjo and a mandolin when you like welcome to I town? Got the, I got the washboard and I think spoons, but I might have misplaced the spoons. Got it. And that isn't to say that these bands aren't all doing something amazing. Like every band that we've had play like jw and the bgs or uh sorry that was, that was just for you greg jonathan to a degree War, jonathan or in the billy goats or uh sheep or jumpers or stone oh. to um i think you were just brought to bring up aaron, aaron golay everybody's got this great sound i don't i don't know if we've just been exposed to the best of the best but there's a, that this sound is fantastic that's coming out of this area when you first posed this track to me like listening to this my brain probably would have said he's probably he's probably sharing a Boise band, but I didn't even go there. But I just listening to it, I'm like, this is a sound that we need to share. Like, this is a big folk sound coming from a small group, and the amount of emotional honesty that they're able to cram into this, I just I felt like people needed to hear it. Just show me love and I will fight. Show me. I think what we're both kind of dancing around is just the organic ability of the trees, the trees with when it's over. That sound has to come from, I was trying so hard not to laugh. (laughs) I was Uh, dancing around it. This sound comes, it it doesn't come from practice. It just comes from a, a very specific, genuine, organic part of a musician that sounds really bad but it comes from it it comes from the heart of musicians it's it's got to be real you can't force this sound and the plucking drive paired with the bass line that that wants you to just break out with some dirty riff shapes a sound that carries itself in a wave throughout this entire track and like m night Shyamalan, surprise the trees are what brings it and it's it really is this just natural organic vibe both in execution and in the way that it's put together i mean it's it's analog at heart it's 
you could definitely just close your eyes and imagine them playing a stage at Tree Fort. Or in your backyard. Or in your backyard. Yeah. At some cafe with a wooden stage out in the backyard, uh, you know, the, this back lot area kind of thing. And, and it, it's just so organic and there's a warmth and there's an honesty in the way the trees, the trees sets out to this song, like the impending spring weather. It's a sense of moving forward, coming back to life and the hope that's so near to all of us when it's over, both speaking to COVID and just the track itself, there's hope here, but it's, it's to put it in Clay's words, just, you got to listen to this to understand it. And you really do. So we're sticking it in your ear holes. If there was a song that embodies what it feels like to be home, like this is it to me. So with that, I just kind of feel like we've said it, just go listen to the track. You'll understand why the trees, the trees, when it's over, go listen now. See the people marching the streets. Looking to find the answers that we know could never be Not in this land, in this country And I trust you'll wait for me when it's all over And I trust you'll wait When I was a kid, I had a friend who had a newspaper newspaper clipping on their, or actually I should even say, they had several newspaper clippings on their fridge. And most of them were designed at like just normal things they found in uh, our local paper, the Kennebec Journal, that were just like odd random articles. And one of them was about uh, a scientist who had come up with a procedure to help emus with bad knees. And I, that like always just stuck with me. I, I didn't know they had knee problems. I didn't know Not they had- Not all heroes wear capes. Mm. Well put, Greg. This next track takes us down to the lands of Australia by way of Liverpool and is a complexly rich indie offering. It, Greg, they, you know what? It, spend any time in Liverpool with that weather and you're going to want to go somewhere with uh, uh, surfing, deserts, and just giant insects. Well, the UAE is closer. Yeah, but I'm pretty sure the largest earthworm in uh, history lives in Australia. Fun fact. No, in Dune. (laughs) (laughs) The worms are the spice. Spoiler alert. This next track is a very complex, rich indie offering. It's more complex than the title of the song would suggest, but think more complex like the band name. And I'm talking about I'm a Yes Man by the Great Emu War Casualties.
I'm a Yes Man is the opening track off the Australian Trio's new EP, Vanity Project. The EP was produced by Alex Newport, who you may know from his work with Death Cab, Block Party, and the Mars Volta. And this one song is a is as idiosyncratic as the rest of that album and as that list. I'm a Yes Man rips out of the gate with stacking indie riffs and wailing guitar tracks before Joe Jackson's vocals sit you down for a tale with Saskia Clapton riding a funk riff on bass before crashing back into the original riff in the chorus. The second verse introduces keys, and then at the around the 2.20 minute mark, there's this amazing funk breakdown right before the song swells to a conclusion with uh, Bebek Tamang riding the drums on the way out. My question to you, Greg, is with everything this song is doing, is it trying to do too much? No. I agree. Moving on. Let, let's, okay, to answer the that question. The great emo casualties. <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, here you go. What, to, a, to answer that question, you have to look at the, and you brought it up, so I'm going to strike my whole note on this, but you, we got to look to that giant elephant in the room here of Alex Newport. Is this song trying to do too much from someone who produced Death Cab, who did Block Party, and The Mars Volta? Has anybody told the Mars Volta that they're doing too much? No. We're going to release, surprise, an eight LP box set of uh, vinyls and a whole extended cut of Deloused in the Comatorium. No, well, Mars Ms. Volta, you're never doing too much. Yes, Mr. Volta, you need to tone it down. But what I'm... Poor Mars. What I'm getting at, though, is is Alex Newport. I'm not saying that he's infusing the Death Cab, the Block Party, and the Mars Volta sound into the great emu war casualties like Bowie did with Mott the Hoople with all the young dudes. What I'm getting at is he knows how to let the band play in the space that they have and to really just be what they want to be. And I think that that pairing of Alex Newport's production with the Great Emu War Casualties, specifically on I'm a Yes Man, really allows them to just expand in the space that they create and do so profoundly. I mean, this track, they released 10, ta- 10 tracks last year. They didn't even let quarantine, the pandemic, slow them down. And I'm loving the hell out of this new EP, Vanity Project. It It really does allow them to move into the space that they have be the sound that they want to be. I mean, they go by Unicorn Head, Mr. Boohoo, and The Fly from 1986. And the name of the band is The Great Emu War Casualties. That alone just gives you some indication that they're going to do whatever they want to do. We get to reap all the benefits because what they're doing is just fantastic. So no, they're not doing too much. They're doing exactly what they should be doing, which is being themselves, and it's fantastic. Alex Newport, he's just like Pecos Bill trying to lasso that tornado. Good luck. Joe Jackson says of I'm a Yes Man, quote, It's not about anything particularly tangible, and it can, and should, be interpreted in whatever way you relate to it. I would say it's about malaise. It's about not feeling quite there, being disillusioned and restless. It's basically about navigating adulthood in the 21st century. But pretty much all of our songs are about that. End quote. Well, the the great emu war casualties is described as having lush licks and rubbery bass lines. Not my words. What about a rubbery unicorn head? It's, it probably is. I would imagine it's not solid steel or made of asbestos or something like that. But I'm clinging to this description because of the lucid sound it creates. There's a line in this track that I've got half a mind to half remember half the time. 
yes, you, you, That's you the clung one, to that too. Yeah, the one line I wrote down. That yes, I've got half a mind to half remember half the time. I'm it's a yes just, man. It's delivered so perfectly. It is. You cling to it and it's like, I just want that on a shirt. I want it on a placard. Like I want to read that daily. But it, the track packs a solid punch from the very beginning and it doesn't relent for the full three and three quarter minutes. My only complaint here is that it's too short. I want so much more of this. is absolutely one of those headphone tracks that we've talked about in episodes past like i i can't tell you the number of times i've listened to this track and every time i do you just i pick up something something new and different that that they're doing like i mentioned like in the in the opening like when the second verse cuts in all of a sudden now there's now there's keys that they've added in you talked about the clapton's bass licks and it's just like about them being rubbery and yeah i mean that's a what she's doing from a funk perspective like it's just it's it's just all those minute details are in there and it's it's basically just a it's a gift that keeps on giving and there's a wealth of layers to this song master masterfully crafted by this trio to portray a much bigger sound the drifting spinning lick that gives way to this screaming chaotic riff at the chorus to shift back into this digitized keyed core at at the verse just grabs you and refuses to let you experience anything but their creation exactly how they wanted to deliver it and i'm not gonna lie i was more on board for this initially than i am with most tracks simply because of the name the great emu war casualties but the payoff is is so much more rewarding and I'm a Yes Man is it was a fantastic experience and a great song to to learn about and to just embrace. And I would encourage everyone else to do the same. I'm a Yes Man opens up the new EP Vanity Project out now. And I think both of us here at Nanobot have half a mind to remember half the time to tell you to go listen to the great emo war casualties.
I'm going to do my best to stay reserved. It's not going to work. Probably not. But I do not recall a time when I have been so just impassioned for four solid minutes. What it did it to me is the next track, Phased Out by L. Michaels Affair. Michaels has been releasing music since he was 16 years old. He's not a stranger to releasing music. The next album by L. Michaels' Affair, Yeti Season, will be out March 26th via Big Crown Records. And from that album, Phased Out is four minutes of, can I just say amazingness? Like, let's just say it's it's absolutely amazing. And there's this, this very slow, subtle build at the beginning. Uh, and then the way that it just falls... It follows through to the end that that ends in this laugh. I mean, at the end of mixtape season two, we broke down Shirov's Shudutumi and how it incorporated this international blend at its core while simultaneously spanning decades. L. Michael's Affair doubles down on this concept with Phased Out and absolutely nails it. There's a, a glowing sense surrounding the song that just captivates me. It's bright, it's vibrant, it's a distorted journey through an environment that is both simple and attention-grabbing all at the same time. To give people a little inside baseball here at Nanobot, we we usually throw like throw in a bunch of tracks into a pile and then kind of sift through them to pick out the four that we want to cover that week. And more often than not, there is some instrumental track that is is kind of thrown into the mix. And I don't know if it's on intentional or not, but most of them usually get discarded and it's nothing against what the artists have done it's just maybe maybe i just like a singer maybe that's it either way <laughs> though i feel like the instrumental tracks that we've introduced there's a reason that you can't discount the music like i'm thinking of um mendocino as like an example like the, you just you, you hear this you hear the track and you're like oh my god there's just there's no way i can't and that this and this week was no exception with with phased out by El Michael's affair. Like the best way I can describe it is like, you know, those really really good shows or movies that just have like the most amazing soundtrack, and it's like stuff that you've never heard of. But like when you listen to the song, you're just like, oh my god, this is the coolest thing ever! I just need to go get their discography and listen to this whole soundtrack right now. Like Tarantino's everything, or I'm. Legion, um, Snyder Cut, no, uh, <laughs> Legion, Legion. Oh, don't even get me started on the Legion soundtrack. This okay for what it's worth. Good point. 
this would have been a fantastic addition and it, to and it would have made soundtrack. it like this is this is something that would have that would have made that cut like oh absolutely it's the dumbest phrase in the world but i know i but i i, I can't think of any better way to say it like you just li- you just feel cooler listening to this song like there i go back to the whole you know our whole thing from the beginning of people trying to garner attention by having big bullying opinions like you can get more attention by just you want to be the baddest kid on the block like go listen to this song shake this sense that now Jeff Russo somewhere in the 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 shadows had something to do with this song like I feel like it just needs to happen I I I I I'm really trying to just stay on the path here for this song because this is one if you put headphones on and you just allow yourself to genuinely experience it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the opening of this episode which is just like don't try and critique it don't try and and give in to the negativity. Like fully embrace this. The, Bathe in its complexity, and its, yeah, the, and its the, eclecticness. The lo-fi analog bursting at the digitized fusion seems for four minutes of phased out wraps with this laugh that only contributes to that sentiment, and it it almost makes it feel like this was either all too easy at the outset of this track or there's something amiss that we're just not all privy to it it's there's a genuine finale to this track that just that i'm gonna sound like a bless his heart but it it just like warmed my heart to just hear the way this ended because i could never create a track like this but i could certainly appreciate it and whether i don't know i mean when phased out raps it's almost sad to see it go like i want this to continue and keep going like getting on an airplane to head back to the reality of our lives after visiting a world that is like starkly different than your own it's hard to see it go but it's something that you'll never forget is the way that phased out ended for me it's it's like you're taking a trip completely outside your comfort zone and for a lot of people this will firmly march outside of the comfort zone of what they're used to listening to but it's it's like if you're if you're the proverbial Westerner like I am, or we are, and you leave Idaho or you leave Texas and you go to 
I don't know, somewhere in, in Asia or a, a world and a culture that's so vastly different than our day to day. And you just find this beauty that you just, you couldn't fully appreciate unless you went there. That's what phased out does to me. And I don't want it to go. It's it's like, if you were to take that trip and get on that plane and head home, you know, you got to come back to reality, but there's a beauty that you experience that will forever change the way even slightly that that you see the world and that's what l michael's affair did to me and what you know we experienced with the bombay royale and with all of these musicians and it's it's worth reaching out and experiencing even more music from outside your comfort zone and this is just solid it's so solid i i'm gonna get my hands on this record probably Shortly after we're done recording, I'm going to go pre-order it, and I, I want this. I want to experience it, and I want to continue to experience it over and over again. That's all I'm going to say about that. I yeah okay. I Greg is, <laughs> Greg is Greg has nailed it. Um, so I I really have nothing left to say other than go check out L. Michael's affair and his multicultural's vast cinematic sound of phased out Yeti season will be out on Big Crown Records probably by the time that this episode is out so please go be like greg and go pre-order it or, or order or, it, order it at that point that's how timelines work right so it's, uh, it's not really linear it's more of a wibbly wobbly timey wimey kind of thing You know the usual. No, I'm just kidding. Thanks for spending time with us and for discovering four new tracks. Listen, share, buy. <laughs> we say it every week, but it's it's near and dear to our heart and it's it's completely genuine. Keep listening to local and independent music. Keep supporting local and independent music. And if you like the mixtape, tell a friend about that instead of your angry opinion on the Snyder cut, not living up to end game expectations or something like that. When you're not trolling the message boards of rotten tomatoes, you can find us at nanobot rock, Facebook, itter, itter, Twitter, Twinstagram, Facebook, <laughs> Twitter, Instagram, find us online at nanobotrock.com. Email us your submissions to info at nanobotrock.com. Share your music with us, and like we like to say, we like to like to like to like. Share and share alike. Son, you don't know what pain was. I fought in the great emo war of 19 diggity four.